You're listening to Object of Sound from Sonos, the show where we bring you in tune with the music that shapes our culture. When music lives in the air, it's one thing. But when you know the undercurrents and the ideas that went into a song, when you can feel its weight, it becomes more meaningful. I'm Hanif Abdurraqib, a poet and culture critic, and I'll be your guide as we seek a deeper way of listening. like every year there are more kind of silly holidays that pop up there's both national dog day and national puppy day there's pie day and coming up the fourth week of april is national karaoke week so i don't know if you're celebrating but here on the show we've decided that this is enough of a reason to make a whole karaoke episode just for you i am someone who is a eager karaoke spectator but I am not necessarily a karaoke performer. But what I, I most love about it is that it is like watching a series of concerts all unfold in one night, getting an entire chorus line of a performance. So today, we are bringing you our first ever National Karaoke Week episode. We'll get tips on how to rule the karaoke stage from karaoke experts and enthusiasts, and we'll hear from you, our listeners, about some of your favorite karaoke songs and your favorite karaoke triumphs. If you're a karaoke skeptic or a true believer of the cultural import of the medium, this is the show you've been waiting for. And later, will I sing for this episode? Stay tuned. Each week on the show, I compose a playlist of songs to accompany the episode. And in this episode, of course, it felt right to make a playlist of my own personal karaoke dream songs that I would sing if I were bold enough to get on a stage and sing them. We'll hear songs like Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody and what I think would be the crown jewel of karaoke songs for me, which is, of course, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. You can hear that playlist on Mixcloud.com slash Sonos, and we'll leave a link to it in the show notes. One of the great things about karaoke is it is communal, and therefore it is for everyone. It's not really about being good or bad in the binary sense, but it is about enjoying music and embodying the song that is playing and doing it with other people. And so, in the spirit of communal listening, we once again opened up the Object of Sound hotline to ask you, our listeners, what some of your go-to karaoke songs were. And frankly, the responses have been incredible. Hey, this is Dan Byers calling from Belmont, Massachusetts. Hi, Hanif. My name is Alana. I'm calling from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. My go-to karaoke song is Hurt So Good by John Cougar Mellencamp. I'm reflecting on the song Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is my go-to karaoke song. I discovered this in 2006 at Ray's Happy Birthday Bar in South Philly. And this has been my go-to song ever since. It's a little bit sad. And that's just 
the fact that SAG karaoke is more interesting than any other kind of karaoke. My name is Thea. I'm calling from Davis, California, and my go-to karaoke song is I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman by the legendary Miss Britney Spears. Um, I love Britney Spears and I have for pretty much my whole life, but when I was a kid, I was trying to hide my interest in femininity. Um, and when I started the process of transitioning, all of that sort of came back to the surface and I rediscovered how much I loved her and the song felt very personal and real to me. Um, and it goes a little something like this. <laughs> um, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. All I need is time, a moment that is mine. While I'm in between. <laughs> Thanks. I've also been asking some of our recent guests on the show to weigh in with their go-to karaoke song. We spoke to Yeji, and it turns out, Thea, you're not the only one who is belting out Britney on karaoke night. Oh, man. <laughs> um, it, it hasn't changed in, like, the last two decades, and it's always going to be Lucky by Britney Spears. It's more introspective. It's kind of an emotional banger. And while Jack White didn't have a go-to song exactly, he did have some words of wisdom for you. Don't pick a song that has a guitar solo in it, because what are you supposed to do while that solo is happening? <laughs> I'm a guitar player, and I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah I made the mistake of using, like, doing like "Sweet Child of Mine" or something one time, I, or some Guns N' Roses track, and I thought, wow, I didn't even think of the guitar section. <laughs> Jack has a point, and it made me think, as someone who doesn't do a lot of karaoke myself, how would I even choose a karaoke song if I wanted to get started? Are there any tips or tricks that might help me overcome my anxiety around karaoke and fall in love with it as a performer and not just a spectator? So to find out, we spoke to the karaoke queen, Raina Lee, author of Hit Me With Your Best Shot, a book that is half history and half how-to guide to the world of karaoke. The book is all about making something that can be kind of terrifying into something accessible and joyous and fun. Here's my conversation with Raina Lee. Hi, Raina. How are you doing? Thank you for joining me. Hi. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I was um, really thrilled to come across your book. I never think about karaoke as something that requires a how-to, but of course it does. And um, what was the motivation? What brought you to the writing of the book? Uh, you know, my parents are from Taiwan, and in Asia, there's just this long history, especially in the 80s, karaoke was so popular when I was like a kid. And, you know, when you would just go out socially in Taiwan, you would go to what's called KTV, which is karaoke TV room. So that was really popular in Taiwan in the 80s and in Japan and in Korea and all over Southeast Asia, too. And so for me, um, just growing up with karaoke, it was just a way of life. You know, I grew up with my parents singing to themselves or with my aunts, just as this like very comfortable home 
like living room activity, just like you would rent a movie or something. Like that's kind of how we approached karaoke. And so that, uh, I guess in a way, I didn't really think about it until I got to college and I had non-Asian friends who had never karaoke'd before. And so I'd explain to them like, oh, it's just singing your favorite songs into a mic. It's not like, it's not rocket science. Like you can do, like anyone who loves music can karaoke. You're right in that it isn't, Rocket science. I do think there are maybe some like emotional barriers or barriers of like um, stage fright and whatnot. But I also think that can be swept away if a person finds the right song, which leads me to our next question, which is to get on a granular level about it. What are some of the qualities that you look for that you think people should look for in kind of a go to karaoke song? When I enter a karaoke room, I really read the room. Like, I figure out who's there, how old they are, where they grew up, what kind of music they're all into. I try to rotate through certain songs because there are just songs I sing to death, like Drunk in Love Beyonce is something. Or like Nicki Minaj, Bees in the Trap. All the Fleetwood Mac songs that everybody loves, like those, <laughs> I can't get enough of those. I have a friend who was a singer in a band for a while ago, and she she also picks songs she's really serious about, like Ariana Grande. And so when she sings, she's all in, like she's really belting it out. And that's how I like to sing as well. I guess recently I've just been singing all these sort of like ironically done 90s songs like Jewel or I mean, I I actually love those songs. So it's not I guess it's not funny. Nirvana, um, you know, as well as like Les Miserables. Yeah, I have. I'm glad you brought up the kind of 90s overdone songs. I have a friend whose go to is Alanis Morissette's You Ought to Know. Like, really, that's her, like... So popular, yes. That's <laughs> Because of the kind of... Um, the, it has multiple crescendo points, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> and that always helps, I think. Um, because you are such a, an avid scouter of a room, what do you kind of look for in a karaoke spot, or what is your kind of room? I like to go to just sort of traditional bars that have a weekly karaoke night, Those are especially fun because they get all the regulars. You know, I used to go to a place in Torrance, which is near where I grew up in Los Angeles in the South Bay part of L.A., and it was called the San Franciscan. And it was it was just local people in Torrance or Redondo Beach or um, Harbor City, and everybody who went took their songs really, really seriously. Like, they truly loved their songs they would mostly sing kind of similar genres like they would repeatedly sing like you know like the carpenters day after day i must face a world of strangers where i don't belong and that fits it's nice to know but i guess i i like a really serious karaoke room yeah yeah i can think that um Can you give us some of the history as you came to know it and understand it of uh, karaoke's origins and how it became popular? Like what popularized it? I was able to interview some companies that produce karaoke music. And I think, 
you know, for their purposes, they wanted to say that it started with their companies, <laughs> but it was, right, right. you know, it was, it actually strangely was a difficult thing to figure out. Um, there are some, there are some accounts that it started with, uh, you know, someone who created mics in the Philippines. There are also accounts of this one man in Japan who had started a personal mic. And I think what's really amazing is just this like global popularization of, I, the art form or the pastime. Um, I remember researching, there's like a worldwide karaoke competition. I'm not sure if it still happens as of now, but as of like eight years ago, it would always happen on a cruise line and the winners would range from people from the UK to Lebanon. So you had people traveling all over the world singing for a karaoke prize. Incredible. So lastly, if someone approached you and said, well, I've never done karaoke before, I'm a little anxious about being on stage. I love music, but I'm a little shy. Uh, what would you do to kind of convince them, to push them in the direction of of pursuing their their karaoke dreams? Well, I, w- I would just say sing the song you know really well and don't worry about it because it's going to be over in two minutes. So don't even <laughs> trip. Like it's so short. No one's going to remember. <laughs> That's that's the that's the cleanest, easiest advice I can give someone and just pushing them on the stage. Raina, thank you so much. And thank you for writing this book. And thank you for sharing your expertise. Uh, this has been a real pleasure. This has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. And so nice to meet you. Yeah. That was Raina Lee, author of Hit Me With Your Best Shot. You can find her writing and her visual artwork at RainaJLee.com. And I really encourage you to check out Hit Me With Your Best Shot. It's full of wonderful hand-drawn text and illustration and photos. And it really is a loving tribute to the art of karaoke. And you'll learn a thing or two from Raina. I was fascinated by what Raina had to say about a worldwide karaoke competition. So I looked into it a little more. And it is a very big deal. When the Karaoke World Championships got started, only seven countries sent singers to compete. And now it is at over 40 countries of competitors coming together to participate every year. And in 2020, a singer from the United States won the top prize. So we tracked down the 2020 Karaoke World Champion Garvando Hamilton to hear what it takes to win at karaoke. Yeah, my name is Garvando Hamilton. I was born and raised in Jamaica. And I am 33 years old. I live in Seattle currently. Growing up, music was always around me. My mom, uh, my family, and friends always singing. When I moved to Seattle uh, 2019, I went to this bar, The Crocodile. And the host at that bar happened to be, the, at that time, the national director for this world karaoke competition. So it was just, I guess, luck. Anyway, so he was like, hey, we have this competition going on. You should try out. And I tried out. In fact, the first time I tried out, I did not make it to the finals. <laughs> Let's just say I screwed up in a sense. I was just not ready. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to prepare myself next year. And the following year I entered and I was third in America. And then we went on to represent America at the World Championships. When you try your best, but you don't succeed When you get what you want, but not what you need When you feel so tired, but you can't sleep Stuck in river And tears 
streaming down your face When you lose something you can't So you're scored on your voice, your technique, your artistry, and your stage presence. Professional judges from all across the country would come and judge you, just like you would an American Idol. So it's like, think of a regular singing competition, except it's the World Karaoke Championship. So 2020 was very different because it was online, because of COVID. Um, It was weird just singing in front of a camera and knowing that there's going to be, you know, thousands of people listening to this. I tried to keep it as simple as possible. A lot of people did extras, you know, green screen, and I just did a black cloth behind me. And just, you know, I wanted the audience to focus on me. So the finals, uh, this is a true story and a weird story. The national championships were in October and I got COVID. We have technically two weeks to record or two and a half weeks to record and get stuff in, whatever. And I had COVID and I'm like, there's no way. There is no way. So I couldn't record and then they told me the rules were you could sing a song that you did at the national finals. So you could repeat a song, right? But you just cannot be the same video. And luckily for me, when I was recording my actual songs for the national finals, one of them I recorded for fun, just as a backup. Hallelujah was a backup. She tied you to a kitchen chair. She broke your throne and she cut your hair. And from she I said, you know what, I'm just going to give it a shot and I'm going to submit my Plan Bs, some of my backup songs. I kid you not. And Hallelujah turned out to be my highest scoring song (laughs) in the entire competition. The highest scoring song for the entire contest. And I was first. It is something that I, I, I will forever cherish. It's a moment that I can say I'm a world champion at something. You know, it doesn't matter how big or small it is. At venues, when I would go to visit different venues, now they introduced me as the world karaoke champion and people are curious, like, what is this? And it, it's different. I, if I'm in the line, like, they'll take me out the line and asking for, like, autographs and pictures and I get free drinks and bring me a friend, don't even check my ID no more, those type of things, right? So, like, a lot of perks, I like it. <laughs> and then sometimes, too, like, you know, I never tell people, I, I never announce it when I go to venues. Let me be just a regular karaoke guy, you know what I mean? <laughs>
That was Garvando Hamilton, the 2020 Karaoke World Champion. You can check out more of his music on YouTube at Garvando Hamilton Music. And if you think you have what it takes to be a champ yourself, the 2022 Karaoke World Championship will be starting soon. To find a participating venue near you, go to karaokeworldchampionship.com. Garvando and Reyna aren't the only karaoke lovers we heard from. Over the last couple weeks, we opened up the Object of Sound hotline and asked you to tell us what your favorite karaoke song is and invited you to perform for us. And the results were spectacular. Hi, Hanise. My name is Lauren. I'm calling from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And my go-to karaoke song is Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen. I choose it because it's a crowd pleaser. It's got a beat that people will move to. If they won't dance, they'll shimmy their shoulders a little bit. Um, It's not too long. It has an outro. You can walk off the stage and grab a drink. Um, And so I get up in the evening and I ain't got nothing to say. I come home in the morning. I go to bed feeling the same way. I ain't nothing but tired. Man, I'm just tired and bored with myself. Hey there, baby. I could use just a little help. You can't start a fire. You can't start a fire without a spark. This gun's for hire. Even if we're just dancing in the dark. I have a music theater background, so I tend to give it a bit of a music theater spin. Uh, so hopefully that was tolerable. Thanks. Hey, Henny, Nate Schwartz here, longtime fan, uh, calling you today from the glorious Salt Lake City, Utah. And my go-to karaoke song is The Distance by Cake. You know, it's, it's a lot more talking than it is singing. You know, I don't identify as being very, you know, musically inclined or, or talented in any way at all. So that's, that's, it's an easy song for me to sing. It also is a song that begs for audience participation. You know, there's some call and response, you know. She's all alone, all alone, all alone in her time of need. Um, it, you know, it, it kind of, it, uh, it brings the audience into it, uh, which, which I think is something that is just crucially important in karaoke, that not only is the singer having a good time, but the people watching the singer are also having a good time. Um, anyway, hope you're having a good day. Later. Hi, my name is Camila. I'm calling from Austin, Texas. My go-to karaoke song is kind of hard to find in the U.S., but it's called La Gata Bajo La Lluvia by Spanish singer Rocio Durcal. And I just love it because it's super dramatic. Um, there's so much lyrical content that you can, like, act it out. <laughs> the song goes a little bit like this. Amor. Tranquilo, no te voy a molestar. Mi suerte está echada, ya lo sé. Y sé que hay un torrente dando vueltas por tu mente, amor. And it just goes on like that and then it says, Ya lo ves, la vida es así. Tú te vas y yo me quedo aquí. 
lloverá y ya no seré tuya, seré la gata bajo la lluvia y me lloraré por ti. So it essentially says, I will be the cat under the rain and I will meow for you. So it's just also like really horny and just really, really good. I love it, and I wish I could sing it more. Thanks, y'all. Hearing all of our listeners' responses reminds me that karaoke is communal by nature. That it's something we're meant to do together and experience with others. In some ways, karaoke is the height of the communal exercise of enjoying music. This sentiment is beautifully expressed in one of my favorite poems, In Defense of Karaoke, by Marianne Chan. I first came across this poem when I got Marianne's book, All Heathens. In Defense of Karaoke is a second-to-last poem, but as I was going through the table of contents, it is the title that stuck out to me the most and perhaps excited me the most. And so I saw it and kind of tore to the end of the book and read it and read it again and then read it again. And I've since read it many times, even at my own readings. I love it so much that I sometimes open up my own readings by reading this poem. So I was really delighted to speak to Marianne about the poem and about her love of karaoke. Marianne, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad to get to talk to you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. How did karaoke become the container to tell this specific story that's happening in the poem? So this poem, I, I, I wrote this poem for my mother because my mom um, loves karaoke. And growing up, she always used karaoke as a way to kind of energize herself. She worked nine to five and then she would come home and she would be kind of irritable. My my brother and I were a mess. She would come home to a messy house. But then usually what she would do is she would like lie on the couch. And I remember her telling me, you know, I feel tired and maybe I'll just sing for a little bit and um, just give myself a little bit of energy by singing. And so she would sing for like a half an hour or an hour. And then after that, she would like move on with the evening and make dinner and do whatever else she had to do. But she would feel better after having done karaoke. And I always felt that way too. Like I, I, I think that sometimes after um, a good karaoke session, um, I feel like I have more energy than I did before. And I love that karaoke can give people life in that way. And I wrote this poem because I, I wanted to to talk about um, all of the things that karaoke has done for me and done for my family. Okay, so on that note, what was your first karaoke song? I think my first karaoke song was Eternal Flame. We, we kind of have like an evolution of karaoke in our home. We had this uh, tape player um, and then we would have these cassette tapes that we called Minus One. And then um, after that, we had these laser discs that had karaoke songs on them. And I remember we had one that had Like a Virgin on it. And also Traveling Man. I'm a traveling man made a lot of stops all over the world and ebony and ivory 
had like a, a, a weird assortment of songs. And I remember being like five years old and singing Like a Virgin and not really knowing what a virgin was, but singing it anyway. Um, and so we had that. And then afterwards we had these VHS tapes that had karaoke. And then after that, we had the magic mic, which was the, which is this microphone that um, has thousands of songs on it. And it gives you a score after you're done singing. And so it kind of makes karaoke a more competitive thing. And so I have a lot of different experiences with karaoke growing up. I have been awakened somewhat recently. I would say like five years ago. I, for a long time, did not know that there were people who just grew up doing karaoke at home. Yeah. So it's good to hear you mention that. Do you do karaoke in public now in the in your adult life? I do. Yes, I do do karaoke in public now. I haven't in a little while because I just had a baby in November. But before that, I would um, regularly go do karaoke night at, at the bar and various bars in Cincinnati. Yeah. Do you have a do you have a go to song now? Is it still like a virgin, or have you evolved beyond Madonna as the go to song? <laughs> um, I so I've been lately. I've been singing "Stay" by Rihanna. I really like ballads. I really like sad love songs for some reason. And I know that those aren't like the most popular karaoke songs because I feel like it's hard to get the room hyped on on those songs. But yeah, that's usually what I what I choose, like a nice sad ballad. So I'm one of the kind of weirdos who enjoys being a witness to the karaoke mm-hmm. night, but that like rarely participates. It is like seeing 20 different concerts at once in one evening, you know? <laughs> and so there's something about the kind of bits of me who just loves to be a spectator in the front row of music and the kind of that that kind of exuberant unlocking of the self that I think happens on the karaoke stage. I love being witness to that. And I do like a ballad, although this leads me to my next question, which is like, so so I think there's some people who really believe that the mission of karaoke is to create um and I am one of these people who at least partially believes this that the mission of karaoke is to create a kind of communal space, Hmm. right? And there are parts of me who thinks a ballad unlocks that in a deeper way than perhaps the big rock tunes that are maybe more easy to sing along to. But what is it about the karaoke ballad that, that draws you back to it? I usually, I just, I've been thinking about karaoke because since you invited me on and um, I was thinking about how my dad always sings um, the song Aubrey by the, by the band called Brad. And Aubrey was her name And not so very ordinary girl or name You know Brad? Oh, I do, I do. Yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, whenever he sings that song, I sometimes sing along, but usually I just sit there and listen to him because there's something about him performing that song that just really touches me. And I think that I just like when, I think that there's something about people singing ballads that um, that has a kind of vulnerability that I don't normally see in that person. Like I don't normally see my dad expressing feelings like that for my mom or expressing feelings like that ever other than than hearing him sing it in the like sing sing Aubrey on karaoke and so I think that there's something about the ballad that I that I find moving honestly I love that 
Marianne Chan, thank you so much for talking to me. Uh, and your book, All Heathens, is just one of my favorite books of the past several years. And so thank you for writing that as well. Thank you so much, Hanif. Uh, you're, I, I'm such a huge fan of your work, so I'm so glad to be here and to, to talk with you. That was Marianne Chan. You can find out more about her work online at MarianneChan.com. And I cannot recommend her book, All Heathens, enough. It is one of my favorite books and poems of the last several years. And now for a final thought this week, we wanted to do something a little special. I knew we couldn't have Marianne on the show without asking her to do a reading of her poem in defense of karaoke because I love the poem so much and I actually never heard it read in her voice. And I just love this poem. I love the small, intricate language rhythms in between it, the way that words surprisingly rhyme and then depart, the way the rhymes kind of dissolve on the tongue like sugar. I just, there are so many things about this poem that are brilliant to me and I wanted to hear it in Marianne's voice. I wanted to hear it directly from the author. So now I am delighted to welcome once again, Marianne Chan reading her poem in defense of karaoke. In defense of karaoke. But the microphone was always a cradle. Elvis and Patsy Cline, Sinatra, Nat King Cole, Sharon Cunetta, Leia Salonga, my God, your grandfather's throat was the moon. And when at the meat market the man shaves a pig's face and croons, I just want your extra time and your kiss along with the television behind him. The body reverberates, the body echoes, aches. The lungs are your mother's kitchen where she sings usahai, osai. Lyrics unspool past your school, past the vast pool of motorbikes, jeepneys, past the oranges, past the barefootedness, into your husband, into your son, into America, atop Lake Michigan, around which you drive in your car and trees scroll past, fast, akin to the lyrics of your song. Because you always sing, I'm so excited and I just can't hide it because you always are and you always can't you always will will yourself to life when you have no choice or voice unravel into the microphone and listen to yourself double miss your mother father brother kiss their photographs kiss america learn to love it until you learn the lyrics by heart listening to Object of Sound from Sonos. Big thank you to our guests this week, Raina Lee, Ravondo Hamilton, and Marianne Chan. To hear all the music in the full version of the show, you can listen on Sonos Radio or find us at mixcloud.com slash Sonos. If you like what you hear, go ahead and rate it and share it with your friends. This is a communal thing, music discovery. So tell us what you like about the show and what you're listening to. Let us know your thoughts on an email at objectofsound at sonos.com. You can follow the show on Instagram at Object of Sound. This show is produced by Work by Work, Scott Newman, Gemma Rose Brown, Kathleen Ottinger, Rhiannon Corby, and by me, Hanif Abdurraqib. This show is mixed by Sam Baer and extra gratitude to Joe Dawson and Saida Blount at Sonos. I'm always talking about music online on Instagram and Twitter at Neef Muhammad. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for being a part of the show. <laughs>